and think, how would you have changed your life if you were completely funded? In other words, you had, you had a visa that somebody else paid off every month, and you never balanced your check account. It just was always enough. And so you could go on a cruise, you could buy a new car, you could look at houses and furniture, whatever. And it was always there. You weren't crazy. I mean, you weren't trying to get six cars in the, in the garage and all that sort of stuff. And not, not huge, just a, a good life like you had been living, everything, but it was always funded. What would you, what would you do with your life different? I want us to just think about that just for a moment. If you were funded, think about if you were healed. Every symptom that ever came, every trouble, every lump, bump, tumor, growth, you just speak to it, it'd be gone. What would that change about your life? What would your perspective be concerning worry, being anxious, um, being nervous about stuff? Well, what's this? And I've read about that. How would your life change? If it would change, if it would be different, then we're all going to have to be stirred up in faith. Because the Lord doesn't want us. He said, don't be anxious about anything. He said, the, 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 the flowers are better clothed than you, and uh, in Solomon, in all his glory, the flowers beat them. And the birds, he said, what, what worry do they have? Our endeavor is to be worry-free. So point yourself with me and say, don't worry. Don't Don't think about those things. We have a sign at our house. It's got an arrow that goes to the right and it goes to the left. It said, don't look back. You're not going that way anyway. So I'm just not looking back. How about you? There's some good stuff in the the past. Praise God. He's been good to us. He's been good to us. There's been some troubles in our past. The troubler came. But I'm not thinking about that. There's been some good people, and there's been some that could have done better. Would you all agree? Do you all know those people that could have done better? They were, they were meaner than a junkyard dog. I, uh, I confronted a lady at my garage sale. You all may have known I had a huge cleaning out this week. And then I went up in the attic. <laughs> I had all this. I had these chairs and just too much furniture that didn't fit me. And so... Uh, and of course, I've gone through everything, and my daughter-in-law's helped me, and you know all the stuff that's precious, and all the stuff like that, and all that's been dealt with. But I had all this stu- other stuff. And then I went up in the attic, and as y'all know, Debbie had a season. She celebrated the season, so you know Fourth of July in June, I was up in the attic, and we were dragging it down. We meaning the mouse in my pocket and me. Hallelujah! And so she'd set it all around, and we'd drag that back up, and. Bring down the next season. Well, I drug, I drug down fall, and I drug it down, I drug it down. Fall was her season, and she, and I got, you know, because I knew I wasn't going to put stuff out. So this lady comes to the garage sale. She's at the last end of the last end. And I'm just, I'm just starting, you know, I'm not going to talk about these things much longer, but, I'm, but I'm, that's where my life is right now. And, so, and it relates to, to all of us, no matter what, because it's just part of life. This is part of life. And it's not morbid, it's not uh, weird, it's just part of life. There's a transition, and um, we're rapture ready, we're rapture ready. So, but if not, we're good any way it comes. So she said, uh, oh, I'm so sorry about your loss. 
I'm always so mad at myself that, that the conversation comes out and I share that. But she said, uh, you know, and she goes on like people do that are sympathetic. And she said, well, you know, the Lord knows. And that's my trigger right there. Do y'all have a trigger? Do y'all have things where people are so stupid and so religiously brainwashed that they just, and they think they've got to comfort you or something like that? She said, well, you know, the Lord, the Lord knows and, and everything. I said, my loving father didn't have anything to do with this. And she said, well, it just astounded her because no, you could tell. And this is important for y'all. She has never been pushed back on this. She said it a hundred times and nobody's ever said that God didn't, wasn't involved in this. Well, she said, the Lord knows and his wisdom and all this drivel. And I said, no, this is, this wasn't my loving heavenly father and your loving heavenly father wouldn't do this. I said, it'd be arrested if it was for child abuse. If, uh, if, if we did this down here, I said, this was the devil. And I went on with steal, kill, and destroy, and life and life to the full. Just floored her. Just took her. She'd already given me the money, or, or I, you know, I waited, I waited until we transacted, you know, loaded it and everything. This, we're done here. Amen. So you don't have to have a pulpit to bring truth and righteousness. And she went away. Because I said, you, you're thinking God did everything, but there's a devil. And, and I said, God doesn't get his way all the time. And that's another thought people haven't thought about. God, God's sovereign. He gets his way all the time. Really? Drugs and murders and, and, and uh, you think God's getting his way all the time? God's not getting his way all the time. There's a devil. And I said, the devil was this, and this was not God. Anyway. I'm just telling you all that, not to tell my life, but just to say, push back and you'll change somebody. Because I promise you she left with a new set of, uh, of, of, of thoughts to think. So, um, well, I'm excited about the word this morning. You're in church for the right reason. We, the, the smoke machine's broke and the lights are not working. So it's just the word this morning. So you all, y'all are, but they were broke last week. So y'all showed up anyway. So turn with me to Isaiah chapter 26. I want to exalt the Lord Jesus today. I want to talk about how good He is. The Bible says that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. He is so good, y'all. He is so good. His goodness is astounding. We've never tasted His goodness like it is. It's fascinating. Fascinating is a word means that you are intrigued with it or you, are, uh, you, you, you can't really get your, your life around something that's fascinating. It... it uh, it stirs you up and you think about it. That's His goodness. It's fascinating. Am I losing myself here, Barry? Okay. And so uh, it's, it's amazing. His love, is, His goodness is amazing. And so no matter what situation you're facing, God's already planned a way out of it to show His goodness. We're not stuck with anything that's the devil, the curse of sin, and death. We're not stuck with anything. Well, it's just my lot in life. The only reason anybody would take that is because they had sinned, they'd messed up, they'd missed the mark, and so they were, they were thinking that they deserved it. Well, I don't deserve better than this because I've lived and done. Not Listen, the righteousness of God, we're fresh and new every morning. Amen. We are, we are in he, could, he couldn't love us more no matter what we did right, and He won't love us less when we mess up. Have you ever messed up? Well, let me tell you, I, it's a long list I've messed up. And, uh, but I'm just like I never had messed up. 
That's how the blood treats us. So his goodness, his goodness is just, it's just over the top. It's, he's wonderful. He's amazing. He's fascinating. He's just so much more. But we've not let him in. And I want to let him in. I want to let him show me his goodness more and more. I want to be happy. Y'all want to be happy? Nobody's walking around thinking this is, the, this is good enough. Nobody, because we're all trying to, to get a life high, and uh, to, legally, I mean, and uh, by relationships and enjoying scenery and all that sort of stuff. But Jesus is the answer to all our happiness. So I'm excited about that. It says in Isaiah 26, verse 3, and so um, if your life would change, if your life, if you were completely funded, if you were completely healed, no pain, no lumps, no, no nothing, if it would change, we ought to change now. With your bills still coming, and you're having to deal with that, or with a little catch in your get-along. You know, there's catches in your get-along that get, get along. You know, you may say, what's he talking about, that old man up there? Ah, if you'll just believe God and live a little longer, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So uh, uh, don't be so caught up with life. I think we ought to, Jesus wanted us to live above life and live like we were in heaven right now. It's such a demonstration. Uh, I told you about Pastor Buzzy that lost three sons over a long period of time. And uh, I hate to use his name because he was such a marvelous man of God and such a father in the faith for me. But, but that just, he had a weakness. Everybody has their areas that they have to guard and they have to build up. It's in our personality, it's in our experience, and so we have weakness. And and this was his weakness. And so he just disappeared for 90 days or so. He just would went into a dark room and closed the blinds. I mean, a room closed the blinds, wouldn't turn on the lights, and wouldn't eat, and wouldn't just, just retreated from life. I tell you, my Jesus is bigger than, than anybody going from this earth. He, he wants to be so the Lord of our life that we obviously and, and, and significantly taste the loss and, and understand what, what we don't have anymore. But He is so the Lord that He fills in every gap and every... Uh, I think we're all going to be amazed. I might be wrong, but I think we're going to be amazed when we get to heaven. How everybody is always talking about, I'll go get to see Uncle Jack and, you know, Aunt Martha and I'll see my baby brother. And, and that's all true. It's all right. And we've had people come back from heaven and say that. But it's not going to be that it's going to be Him. And we'll, we'll see these people, and we'll know these people, and we'll be glad. But it's just like company at your house. After three days, you need them to go home. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, we've talked about everything. Now we're starting to talk about things that aren't profitable. And now we're, you know, you're getting on my nerves. And I'm, after three days, everybody needs to go home. Come back next month, and we'll reload. And uh, it'll be Jesus in heaven. So let's go to heaven for the right reason. It's Jesus. Amen. There, Jesus talked extensively about there's no marriage in heaven. It's just brothers and sisters. Or, or even how that works gender-wise up there. I mean, it's there, but it's just not a thing like we think down here. 
Back to Isaiah 26. I'm working on this. Hallelujah. Look in verse 3. Let's read it together. I'm in the King James, and uh, we'll, we'll do that. Ready? Read. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. He said he'll keep you in perfect peace. We looked at that word in the Hebrew, that perfect peace, and it's stated this way. Thou shalt keep him in shalom, shalom. It's a double peace. Shalom, shalom. Well, the peace of God is perfect. So for emphasis, God just says it's beyond what you can even think. You're thinking peace like it's on earth, but it's shalom, shalom. Perfect peace. The peace of God that passes understanding. He said, I'll keep you in perfect peace if you'll put your mind on me. There's a lot to put your mind on right now. There's trouble everywhere. And back in, you know, you think, well, it's worse now than it was. But back in the Cold War, and Russia was, you know, threatening us, and we were all building bomb shelters and getting under the desk in school drills. It was real back then. It, it may seem insignificant now, but then it was a scary time. It's always been a scary time. It's just this is your scary time because this is your generation, but it's always been that way. So we got to put our mind on him. Y'all, this is our job. This is our job to put our mind on Him. Say, Lord, there's trouble everywhere. I could be totally immersed in CNN. I mean, not me, but I mean, people could just watch CNN. It's a loop. Do y'all know it loops? It's not like it's new news all day. Every, every so often it just reloads and then they take out something and load something else on. And it's just so nauseatingly unimportant. Because it's just the same subject, just a different event and a different personality and a different something or another. But it's all just the trouble of the world. Put our mind on Him. Y'all, That's it's Him. You know, well, I've got my family. Sure you do. But let me tell you, families come, families get weird, families go. Y'all ever had any weird family? Y'all ever been the weird in your family? Sure we have. No, they're all talking about you at one time or another. They're all saying, ah, if we could just fix him, we'd have a good family. But uh, Jesus is everything. These are the wisest words I've ever said to you. Jesus is everything, and everything works out of him. The Amplified says, uh, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. I want to lean on the Lord. Today's English version said, You, Lord, give perfect peace to those who keep their purpose firm and put their trust in you. Let's just lift our hands and say, just tell him, I put my trust in you, Lord. I cast my care upon you. Lord, all this I repent of worry and anxiousness. It was all for naught. All this stuff, Lord, you have me. And I, Lord God, trust you. I trust you, Lord, for everything. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I want to tell you here at River Church, as the pastor, just one of all of us, We've gone through a lot of transition in the last two years, just stuff we never expected. Every church does, though. Every church goes through transition. You think you know a church, you just wait two years, just disappear and come back. And the people are different, and it's every church goes through transition, like every family does, like you and I do. 
But we've been through a lot of transition, and, uh, and you would say, oh, God, oh, God, you know, what is this? Let me just tell you, I told my pastor friend the other day, I said, I told God I would do anything if he would fund it. Now, that's just what the pastor said. Lord, I'll stay, I'll do, I'll, I, I'll not take one thought if you'll just fund us. I expect you to fund your own kingdom. I, I tell the Lord, this is his business. This is his business. Do y'all know this is his business? And if it's not, then you got to always wonder, why are you where you are doing what you're doing? So I said, Lord, if you'll fund it, I want to tell you, we got, we got more. I, you couldn't tell this to a carnal church because they'd quit giving. They'll say, well, if he's funded, well, then what am I doing? Putting in my little whatever. I can use it better than he could. Well, you're missing it. You're missing what Melissa said. It's an individual personal trust. Everybody's got a tithe on their own. It's not what we're doing. We're not paying taxes. We're not floating the boat. We're all just trusting God. And if you can't trust God with your money, you hadn't given him your heart. Is that right? You can't give your heart without giving you money. And so we're just so funded. We're just so funded here. We got more money now than we've ever had in our whole 21 years. It's not a lot of money. Anybody else would just go, ha, we use that in a month or a week or a day. Truly. But we're funded. And boy, we've got a voice now. We're fixing to, we're fixing to fix this wall here. We're fixing to put lights up here. We're not going backwards. We're going forward. I've got a man in Jimson, Alabama that's got us on a Facebook page. He's got two websites. We are fixing to be around the world. Now, we're not going to have those shots that go this way. <laughs> we're not deceiving, but we're just not going to highlight. We're, gonna, we're just going to, amen. We're funded, y'all, and you are funded. I'm telling you, you're funded, and you just tell God. You just tell him like I did. I'll do anything you want if you'll fund it. I can't fund it. I can't work day and night, night and day, digging a ditch and covering it up and then go preach or go do. I mean, you can do it in a way, but you can't do it. But on the other hand, just because you are funded doesn't mean you get to sit around all day and just say, well, I'm funded. Why should I work? I'm working harder now than I've ever worked. And I've always been a hard worker. I've always been on it. So let me tell you this. Peace, and that's what we're talking about, whose mind is stayed on you. Peace is only available to someone who's not afraid to die. Point to yourself and say, don't be afraid to die. Now, see, when you aren't afraid to die, then you are bought with a price and not your own. It's like, he gave me life. You know, it wasn't me that was doing anything special. He gave me life. I'm doing his business. It'll be good where I'm going. You got to believe in heaven. You got to believe that it's a long time over there and it's better than it's ever been here. People that look over there and see it, Never say, mm, I flipped the coin because I couldn't choose. It's never that way. People that are afraid to die don't believe, really don't believe they'll go to heaven. They're hoping, they're wishing, they're thinking, they're working a little harder to make sure. And, but I believe. Do you all believe? So we're just down here doing the kingdom. And so uh, it's only faith that makes you not afraid to die. Everybody is afraid to die that's not in faith. If you're not in faith, you're afraid. Now, I got kin folks that have been in the denominational that their church are in. They've heard sermons every week for 60 years. 
and they're just as afraid and unsure and anxious about leaving this life as someone that doesn't know God. And they make up excuses. They're saying, well, God needs me to do this and take care of them and whatever. Nope. He's got it covered, y'all. There's no trouble down here that he hadn't met and fixed. So uh, death is just stepping over into the next phase, another phase. No, there's no devil there, but we've been given power over the devil. And no, there's no lack there, but he's made, Jesus was made poor that we through his poverty might be made rich. And no, there's no sickness over there, but by his stripes I was healed. So faith is required on this side, but faith makes it the same on this side as it is without faith on that side. And so, uh, oh, and, the, and there's a devil, no devil over there, but we've been given power over the devil. There's no sin over there, but sin shall not have dominion over you. So we're good. There's no reason for you and I to work day and night for money. There's no reason for us to put up with trouble in our bodies or in our soul. We've got Jesus. So if you have trouble, you just have a Jesus issue. You haven't made him Lord. I mean, you're, you, Savior, yes, but Lord is something. The reason we tithe, tithing is totally about lordship. And, and everybody can tithe when they got plenty. But I have and I know you have. You had to choose one day. One day you got down to the rent money and the tithe. And there it was. You couldn't go both. I mean, and that's where lordship comes in. Are you really afraid or are you just kind of giving God the overflow or the, are you tipping God? Well, I'm, I'm talking to the choir here, but I'm just saying tithing's about lordship. It's not even about being afraid. Okay, so here, here's my point. The way you came into the kingdom, how did you and I come into the kingdom? How did we go from being a sinner to being born again? Well, here it is. You had to die. Point to yourself and say, you died. If you didn't die, you didn't get in the kingdom. If you didn't die to self, if you didn't die and say, I am a sinner, I am, I, death is reigning in me, and I acknowledge that death, and I ask the life of God, Jesus, to come into me, you had to die. No one got born again saying, I'm good enough. I'm alive. There's life in me, there's goodness in me, there's, there's, I'm, I'm justified. No. If you didn't strip out and say, I am a sinner, filthy rags is my life. You, I am dead. Then you didn't come in. But listen, now once you got born again, how do you stay born again? Or how do you stay in the kingdom? You have to remain dead. You cannot be exalted because you're bought with a price. You, you, off the auction block, he purchased you. There's the potter takes the clay and, and we don't, the Bible says, Jesus said, the clay shouldn't talk back to the potter and say, I don't really like the way you're doing this. It's just clay. You're just a mud pot. Kenneth Copeland calls it a mud pot. <laughs> We're bought with a price. It's our duty. It's our whole being to serve him, to be grateful to be filled with his life and have no life of our own. Have no life of our own. 
well, God, I don't really need you because I got plenty and I'm famous and I'm powerful. I don't need you. You know it's not long to the end for that boy because he is our life, everything. So uh, to stay in the kingdom, you got to be having that life come in. Otherwise, you're dead. You know how about, about backslid people? I told someone this week, everybody has backslid. I've backslid. Kenneth Copeland's backslid. Kenneth Hagin's backslid. We've all backslid. The true meaning of backslid is, is you stayed the same. And then you went back. If you're not going forward, you're backsliding because there's so much life coming in, flushing out that old nasty death. And, and, and so we have to put on the life. James chapter 1. Let's turn there. For we got a little time here. I want to I inspire you this morning. There's real devils that have planned this whole weekend to kill you and to ruin your reputation and to embarrass you and to shame you. You think, well, who are those? They do it every week. Every week, you are a target. Listen to me. You're not strolling through life and the devil's ignoring you. He's got strategic plans against you. And when they work, or when they partially work, is when we have trouble. It's the, it's the plan of the devil trying to take us out. Right there. Right, all of us. All of us could say, yeah, I've, I've struggled in this, or I had trouble with that, or this thing came into my life, or we almost lost someone in our family that, you know, what was that all about? Well, you know, the Lord knows, and he's just, you know, you can't ask him questions. No, it's the devil. He has a strategy to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's not that he doesn't want you to go to heaven. He doesn't care. Go to heaven. He doesn't care. He just doesn't want you being on this earth testifying of Jesus and causing people to war or stand against his kingdom. When we bind on earth, the Bible says it affects heaven. And when we loose on earth, the Bible says God can back us up. That's how God manages the devil is through you and me. He is not running it from heaven. I promise you he could do a better job if he could be in control from heaven over the devil. I promise you the devil wouldn't have anything. Y'all believe that? God's bigger than the devil. So why is the devil out there? Is because we haven't taken on what he's called us to do. James chapter 1, verse 21. We looked at this Wednesday, and I'm on this now. I stumble into things seemingly sometimes, and all of a sudden the light comes on. Wherefore, verse 21, lay apart all filthiness. Now he's talking to the church and superfluidity of naughtiness. Isn't that King James awesome? I mean, how could you say, quit messing around and make it sound so wonderful? All filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word. The engrafted word. Put that in right now. The engrafted word. What is he talking about? The engrafted word. Not just the Bible that's on your coffee table, but the engrafted word. What would the engrafted word do? Able to save your souls. Not talking about your spirit, talking about your mind, will, and emotions. You got troubles? 
It's all because of your soul. It's all because everything that everything in faith comes through our soul. It comes out of our spirit, has to go through our soul. When we cast out the devil or when we speak to the storm or when we pray, it's all going to be it's all going to be tainted by our soul. If you believe God's in control, it's going to come through your soul. Your spirit man's not saying that. Your spirit man's running around with Holy Ghost. Is that right? He's one. You were joined with the Holy Ghost. There's not two things down in here. There's one. Holy Ghost and us are joined together like a husband and a wife. Our, our one flesh, when we're born again, we become one spirit with the Lord down here. So it's not our spirit man that's, that's messed up. It's our soul. And so everything that comes out of our life for life has to come through our soul. So if there's doubt and unbelief, Remember Mark eleven twenty three and does not doubt in his heart, but believeth those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have. If, if you can get this up here, this down here will be full force. And so uh, James says, here's the important thing. He said, the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. I'm so excited about having a life raft to save my soul. But be ye doers, here's the key, but be ye doers of the word, what word? The engrafted word, the word that goes in. We're not professional sermon hearers here at River Church. Well, I went to church. Well, what, what was the message? Hmm. Mm. It was good. Oh, it was good. Well, what was it about? Oh. It's right on the edge. When, when was this message? An hour ago. <laughs> what was it about? Well, he talked about some stuff that really was important. <laughs> that word's not engrafted. That word is, that, is those geese flying over, honking, and then disappearing. The engrafted word, be ye doers... Of the word, the engrafted word, and not hearers only, not just hearing it. Why? Deceiving your own selves. The word deceiving there is cheating. So you could be in church. Well, God, now look, 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 look. Michael here. He was in church today. Want you to know I'm, I'm, I'm in church. Didn't do a thing. Well, Lord, I could have been in bed. You know, I was in church. But if you, didn't do, if you didn't come to church or you didn't come and sit down the Word to be a doer, the Bible says it would be better for you to keep the thing shut and to sleep on than to hear it without the intention to do it. There's a deception that comes into play. It's a, it's a con. It's an embezzlement. Doing stuff on the sly. Cooking the books, as it were, saying, I heard the word, but I don't intend to do any of it. Now, I might do some of it, but I didn't come with the intention to do it. I came to see if it was worthy. See if it was worthy of me saying, I might do that. I might pray a little bit or not. And I might give a little bit or not. And I might forgive a little bit, but not likely. I kind of like being madder than thunder at those people. And I'm not going to do it. 
And it doesn't matter what the preacher says, and it doesn't matter what the Bible says. I'm not going to be a doer of this word unless it suits me. He said there's a deception going on. Can you all see that there would be a deception? That the Bible from God's, the, the engrafted word from God's side is sent to bless us and sent to increase us. Well, God just send it on down. The Lord, just forget the word. Just bypass that. And here I am. Just send the blessing. I need a better job. I need a better car. I need, I need, I need. He said, no, it's got to come through the word. Rats. I was looking for a better way. Listen, this is so easy. This is so simple. You couldn't devise a simpler and easier way than to just... We did this with our parents. If you didn't do what she said, at least at my house, there was none of this that says, if I have to tell you again, there's going to be trouble. If she, told, if she had to tell you again, there was already trouble. She didn't tell you again, there was just the trouble. That's how I was raised. You got told one time. Did you understand me? Yes, ma'am. That was the end of it. If it wasn't done, it was curtains for Michael. <laughs> Me and my two brothers, we... And so we were attentive to the word of my mother. Because she would also... Did you get that? Did you understand what I said? Say it back to me. And once we said it back to her, that was the end of it. No different than this right here. Come on, y'all. Now, the first thing, obviously is you got to be sitting under the Word. I wrote down some things because I thought I might want to mention them this morning. you got to have the Word taught, and you got to hear the Word. But the first thing is, is if you go to church and there's man's wisdom, a lot of that's going on. I really try to not go there, but sometimes it sneaks in. You have a personal opinion. But man's wisdom, man's psychology, or my, man's philosophy, um, they are not, they are not, God's Word. This pulpit is a holy desk. We do, not we do not have singers come up here, and because they have the microphone, we've had this in the past, every church does it, they think that, the, that because they have the microphone, they're here to sing, do the announcements, receive the offering, they think they can talk about, they've got, they're empowered. I got the microphone, I can talk. Nope, you can't talk. You're not authorized. You're not up there to tell your philosophy, your wisdom, your experience. This program, this sermon, this service is a package deal. And you can't just come up here and just say, I got the microphone, I'm going to improvise. Y'all got that? When you bring a testimony in this, in this service, judge yourself. Just because somebody says, anybody got a testimony, does not mean you can tell about how the new trick your dog learned. Or about how bad traffic is down 69. You know that'd be out of order, wouldn't it? And so we don't do it from this pulpit. Another thing is, is stories are read. We have to even guard in children's church that we don't substitute reading about David and Goliath, which is important. But that is not in itself the word. Unless you take it to a lesson, unless you take it to a moral uh, confrontation with those children, just knowing about stories is just historical. It's just information. Come on, y'all, let's get real. Just because it's in the Bible 
doesn't mean that you that just reading it is going to bring a change in, in kids' lives or people's lives. So we read David and Goliath, yes, but we talk about how God backed David and how the devil was back. You, you go in there and you talk about the application. So we don't just tell stories up here. Did you know a lot of a lot of pulpits? They just tell. They just read books. Um, uh, the, this this church in Clovis. They told me about it. He would get up there and just uh, uh, just go down a book. Uh, just just open the book, and it would open to Ezekiel and just read a chapter, and then service was over. Well, I can do that, can y'all? Um, debate is not. The word and encouraging people to do good. Uh, my little hair, I hate to call her a hairdresser, but she wasn't a barber, but she was cutting my hair. And I said, uh, what do you get at your church? She's Methodist. And she said, uh, well, I don't know. I said, does he just tell you all to do good and don't do bad? Yeah, that's it. Do good, do good, don't do bad. Um, that's not the word. That's, that's philosophical. A Hindu church will tell you to do good. The Muslims, the Jehovah Witnesses, that's all they're doing. I mean, that's not all they're doing, but that's what they're doing, and that's not gospel. That's not the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. I'm making a point here is where you go to church is important. It's not like, well, I went to church, that's good enough. That's not it. It's the words you hear that's able to be engrafted into your soul that will save you. So, there, there, it's so important that we have this. So, you got to have a hearer. You, first of all, you got to be a hearer. You got to hear the gospel. You got to hear the good news. You got to hear confrontational messages. The Bible talks about rebuking, exhorting, rebuking, and something else. Sometimes God will get onto you. He'll chasten you. Are y'all there? He will chasten you. The Bible says he chastens whom he loves. Well, I don't want to be chastened. Well, the Bible says you're a bastard, a, an illegitimate. You're not his. You're a child of the world. And so every once in a while, we let the Lord chasten us and tell us, I want you to pray, or I want you to get off your backside, and whatever he wants to say, we just we just turn him loose. We are very not PC. Let's look in verse twenty. Let's go on. I got to get out of here. Uh, let's verse verse twenty two. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving or cheating your own selves. So that that'd be up to me. Where to go to church to discern? Is this the word or not? Or is this just some place that's a bookmark for the word? For, for the reason, for if any be a hearer of the word, so you could go here to River Church and a lot of other churches that are preaching the word. If you any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his own natural face in a glass, a mirror. For he beholdeth himself... The word there means inspects himself, uh, to take a look. And goeth his way, and straightway, or 
right away, forgetteth what manner of man he was. I'm reminded about uh, how the Bible says the Lord Jesus himself when he was on the earth. Um, Well, I I think I wrote it down in, in, uh, where does it say that? It's in Isaiah. It's in Isaiah 53. Let me see if I wrote that down. Yes, Isaiah 53. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness that men should desire him. Let me just tell you about you and me. You may be a beauty queen. You may be uh, uh, one of them chiseled guys that's just got, you know, got a six pack here. And, you know, you're just you're Mr. Buff, tall, dark and handsome and all that. But it doesn't take long. Let me just tell you all about 30 years. If you can hold it 30 years, you're amazing, but you're not amazing. None of us are that good looking or that amazing in our bodies. The Bible you're not. And even when you think you are, that's because you have to stay in front of a mirror. As soon as you walk away, you forget and you have to go back and look again. You know you come into, you see those people that come into a room and there's a mirror on the wall and they're looking at themselves and... You know, they're having, to, they're having to doll it up because that's all they are. That's all they are. And when you're not just there, when you're something on the inside, you can just come in and get to business. You are people that just get to business here. The Bible says even the Lord Jesus was not so wonderful that people said, oh, we're following him because he's handsome and he's amazing. He was amazing and he was handsome. But the Bible says he didn't have anything that, 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 that attracted them. And so let's go on here. He beholdeth himself, 24, he goeth his way, and straightway he forgetteth what manner of man he was, but whosoever look into the perfect law of liberty. What is the perfect law of liberty? It's the word of God that can become engrafted into your soul. He said, it'll save you. Renew your mind and you'll be changed. How do you do that? You have to say, I've come to church to hear from God. I am a child and he is my father. I'm a child. I know nothing about my future, my purpose, my reason for being born into this generation, my reason that uh, he had me marry this man or this woman, and my reason for being in the... Well, I don't know anything about my life. So I've come to hear from father. I'm a child and he's going to speak to me and I'm going to do what father tells me. Now let me just tell you, he'll talk to you when you come in. I go to church and I never hear anything about my future because you don't come in with an intent to do what you hear. The moment you open your notebook, put your pen in your hand, get yourself ready to record the word of the Lord, he will inscribe it on your life. You will know the future when you come in to hear the future. He'll correct you, he'll rebuke you, he'll chasten you, he'll, cha- he'll, he'll take care of you. So that thing you did last week, don't ever do that again. You'll hear it down in here. Nobody else will hear it. Nobody said it, but you'll hear it down in here. Don't ever do that again. I saved you from that, but, I'm, you know. And then he, he'll tell you, forgive Billy Joe. That thing is way ripe. That thing's got whiskers it sold. You need to forgive Billy Joe. And you'll hear that because you came into the service with an intent to do what he said. He'll talk to you. But if you come in, mark me present. 
so, so cool in here. I'm so sleepy. I'm so hungry. I'm so busy. I'm so tired. I'm so whatever. Is it over yet? Those people get nothing. And they don't last long because they get bored with church. It's a ritual. It's a, it's a routine. It's just a thing they do, a religious duty. They won't last. Why have y'all lasted? Because you've come in with an intent to do the words you hear. Now let me tell you, it says right here in verse 25, this is it. Whoever looked in the perfect law of liberty continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. So what does it say in Peter? It says of those people that are in perilous times, it says always learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. How is it people that sit under the Word that's, and the Word teaches it and the Word instructs them and the Word tells them and yet when they come to that trouble, they can't remember which way to go. They can't remember how to win. It's because they're not a doer of the Word. They hear about giving and they go, ah, they got more money than I do. I'm not giving into that. Or if they knew what my situation was. Or I'm, they just, they just, they reason it out. And forgiveness and all those things. But if you come in and say, God, I am here to do business. Change me. It's the goodness of God that leads men to change, to repent. Change me, Lord. I'm here to hear from heaven. I know it's this man speaking. I know this preacher up here speaking, but I pay no attention to him. I'm expecting you to orchestrate those things he says and does, or not. Maybe not even says it, but I'm expecting to have a transaction. I expect to be hearing the instructions for this week. I'm telling you it's powerful. And I can prove it because in verse 25 it says, This man shall be blessed in his deed. That word blessed means empowered to prosper. You want to have more stuff in your bank account and more stuff in your, in your, uh, uh, your life? You come into church saying, I will hear from heaven today. You got a notebook out. Nobody remembers. I don't remember. I'll get these marvelous sermon thoughts in the, at night. And I've just laid down and I'm just like, oh God, I finally got here. I'm finally on the... Thank you, Lord. And He'll speak to me and I'll say, that is so... That's the key to the whole message tomorrow. That's the whole thing. I could never forget that. And then it's snoozy time, and in the next morning, like, oh, what was it? What was it? I can't remember. What was it? I'll go take a shower. And that, that always, I always get these things. In the... So it'll be 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. I'll hear it. Ah! I talked about stuff that's not even close to what God had. And because I didn't go write it down. You can't do better either. You've got to write it down. You don't write down everything. I wrote, I got in Debbie's books, just scanned them. Just, I was looking for some particular things that I thought she might have wrote. And she, she took notes during the message. I mean, I'm her husband. She, you know, and she's, she, she wrote down stuff that I didn't even say. I mean, that I know of. She wrote down stuff. It was like marvelous stuff. I'm like, who said that? And I'd look up and it'd be me. My name was at the top. You know, Michael, Sunday this ever. 
and she wrote down these notes, and Holy Ghost was taking and interpreting whatever I was doing up here and making it relevant for her. And it worked, and it'll work for you. And you go, well, I'm working hard to get blessed. I need work more hours, and, and I need... And it's like, nope, just come to church. Just come to your word, your meditation time, saying, Lord, I'm coming. I got 15 minutes in your word today. Here's my Bible, and here's my notebook, and here's my little pen. Talk to me. I am your son. I am your daughter. Talk to me, because it's the only business you'll get done in the earth is what the body of Christ gets done. Talk to this member of the body. I'll do it. He said, I'll bless you if you'll do it. If you'll, if you'll tune in your radio to my frequency with the intent to hear to do, I'll bless you beyond your imagination. My son Eric, I mean, he's not here, so I can toot his horn a little bit. He, he is amazing. I'm finding out just lately what, uh, what people say of him and the things he gets done at his job. And the wisdom, they all just, they talk to me and say, Mr. Billings, your son, we've never seen such wisdom. And he went into them, he went into Coral and said, you know, I'm going to Bible school in Atlanta, and so I need a year off. I need, I, I need to be gone. It's going to take me at least a year. I, can I be somehow be, just be a staff accountant? He's over the whole accounting department. He's over the whole uh, human resources department. He's over, the ho- he's over all the outside stuff that's up front, not... Not over all of it, but and then there's the factory in the back. He's not over that. He's over this. And they all say, Mr. Billings, your son is just... Even Collins said, nothing happens at Coral that doesn't go through Eric. And you know his story. He believed God before he graduated from UA. He was a senior, graduating in December. And we all sat down, a little family council. Colin was gone, just Eric. And we said, God, we believe you for a job for Eric before he graduates. Before he graduates, December, whenever that would be, 8th or whatever. Coral calls on the 4th or 5th. I'm making it up, but it was the week before. And said, we've got your resume on our desk, and we would like to have an interview with you. And uh, you've got my resume? Sure. Could we meet with you on Thursday? Sure. He hung up, and he said, I have not sent out any resumes. So he showed up and he said, could I see that resume that y'all called me on? My phone number. and my They were looking for a December accounting graduate. And they looked and looked and said, it's here, it's here. Ah, we can't find it. We don't know where it is. But you're here. Come in here and take an interview. They gave him the job. He was under the head accountant. Head accountant the next two years or so left and they made Eric... I'm just tooting his horn not because of him and certainly not because he's mine, but because he was a hearer. He is a hearer with the intention to do it. And you and I should be that man and woman of God. Well, it says here, I don't want to belabor it. Well, yeah, I do. It says, uh, this man, point to you right here and say, this man or woman, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So it's not the hearing that gets you blessed. It's the hearing with the intent to do. God likes that. You know how you like your children to do that? You like them to say, 
I didn't quite get that. Would you tell me again? You are from space, son. You are, you are, you were dropped on this planet or something. You, this isn't real. Yep. And that's how God likes it. He likes us to say, I am bought with a price. I'm here to do business for you. You are the master. You are the potter. I am whatever you want me to be. I'm telling you, I'm just going back to Eric. He's just prospering. He's just, back to the story, he said, can I be just be a staff accountant? And they said, staff accountant? They bought him, they leased him an office in Atlanta. One of those office complexes that has all these things. It has a secretary up at the front and books and locks doors and everything. And he just comes in and they take his notes, they take his pack, and they set him up an office. He's got a fax machine and a telephone and all the stuff of an office, and he's working remotely. They said, we need you to be there. We need you to be in Coral. And if you can't be in Tuscaloosa, well, we'll make you a Coral man in Atlanta. Don't get caught up in the story. And, or, or Eric, I'm just giving him, he's my latest testimony of somebody that's blessed in his deed. Be blessed. Come on, do it with me. Be blessed. Be blessed. It's not hard. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's not hard. The Lord told me before the service, we were praying, and I'm, this is the word of the Lord to you. You know that, uh, that story that's in Luke chapter, I think it's 17, where the rich young ruler, he's not called that, but he, he was young and he was rich, so they called him the rich young ruler. He came to the Lord Jesus and said, I've done this and I've done that and I've kept this and I've kept that. How can I inherit eternal life? And the Lord Jesus said, go and give what you have to the poor. Take up your cross and follow me. The Bible says the man was very sad because he had much possessions. You remember in uh, Mark chapter 9 or 10 where the Lord Jesus said it's harder for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle than it is uh, <laughs> to go to heaven, than it is for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. The word is really not camel, it's rope. And uh, so it's like it's hard for rich people. But uh, the Lord told me that, the, and the Lord Jesus told this rich young ruler, he said, one thing thou lackest. Remember that? Go and take what you have, give to the poor. Didn't say he had to give it all away. He just said, I want you to start giving it to the poor. He couldn't even do that. And the Lord said, right here, everybody in this room, you are just one step away from having an extraordinary and over-the-top and exuberant ministry in life, but one thing thou lackest. So point to yourself with me, and as I say, one thing I lackest. So you've got to find out what it is. Remember the man at the gate, Beautiful? He just had some weak ankles. It totally decimated his life. He had to sit there as a beggar. He had this beggarly lifestyle. But he didn't, need, he didn't have liver cancer, and he didn't have uh, missing an arm or, or couldn't stand up. He just had weak ankles. Right down here, just that's all he had. And the Bible says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says he took him by the hand and lifted him up, and his ankles were strengthened. One thing thou lackest. 
I don't know if it's forgiveness. I don't know if it's giving. I don't know if it's prayer. Marvelous things happen in this room when we go to corporate prayer. I wrote down, because I, I, the Spirit came in this morning, um, corporate prayer changes your perspective, opens up what you can see, gives you peripheral vision. And I saw it this way. I saw people that didn't go to corporate prayer. This is how they walked around in life. Yeah, they can see. They, they get a little dab here and there, but they can't see what's happening. They're blindsided all the time because you can't see what's over here coming. But now I can. Now I can. Corporate prayer does that. It's an open window. You ought to find a place to go to corporate prayer just if it's just you and your wife. But I'm telling you, there's an open window right here. It's 6614 Highway 69 South. Certainly not the only one. When you go, well, God can just do that anywhere. Sure, God can do anything. But does he? It doesn't matter what he can do, but what he is doing. And you ought to get in corporate prayer. I don't care if you pray. I mean, it doesn't do anything for me because I'm getting my prayers answered. And I'm getting my job done. But you, one thing thou lackest. I don't know if that's it. When we were in Seminole, I'd go out in the garage and I'd pray around the car. It's like Jericho. I'd just pray around the car in the garage in the winter, just around and around. And Debbie stayed in her bedroom and she'd prop up and, and Colin and Eric make sandwiches and got to get that prayer in. Got to get it under an open window. Well, our church doesn't do that. It doesn't make it right. It just makes it what, it's just convenient not to pray but it doesn't mean you're going to have a life. I don't know what the one thing, but I can tell you there's one thing, everybody in here, including me, one thing we lackest. I would say if you got weak angles and your whole life is cruddy because of one little thing, it'd be so easy to fix it and have a great life. I don't want to brag on Eric too much. I am real proud of him, and, you know, I wish he talked more. Y'all think he talks to me and not to y'all? No. He'll answer every question, but if you don't answer, ask him a question, he's not talking. He doesn't talk. He never has. But he's blessed, and I'm blessed, and you're blessed, but there's another level. Let me, oh, i got to read this to you, and then we'll quit. Um, I hope I wrote it down. I have blessed, we looked at Wednesday, this word blessed, which means um, empowered to prosper, the word in the Greek means, where is that? Supremely blessed, fortunate, and well off. It's not just, ah, that's better. That's a little better. It's way out there. So let's stand up and let's just commit our hearts to Jesus. They, you know, in the Baptist church, they talked about rededicating and, you know, all that. That's talking to, that, that teaches people to backslide. We're not going to teach anybody to backslide. We're just going to say, Lord, I'm quickened inside of something that would please you more that I could do, and it would make me happy. It's not even like win-lose, it's win-win. So, Lord Jesus, right now, all over this room, under your breath, but make words that uh, come out of your mouth. Commit to him in any way that's genuine, that's heartfelt. Say, Lord, I'm going to be a doer of the word. I'm going to come in with the intent to hear in order to do. I know you're talking to me. Lord, I praise you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that right now my life is being changed. I'm making an adjustment right now. I'm making a transition in my heart, and it's changing my future. 
I'm going to be more effective for you. And Lord, I'm going to have a fuller life. And I'm not going to think about money. I'm not going to think about health. I'm not going to think about what people are doing. I'm thinking about Jesus. Lord, all over this house, we're just committing to you with our words. We're saying this is what we are, what we'll have, and what we'll do. And it's the truth for me today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now let's just lift our hands. Lord Jesus, thank you for receiving us. Thank you for blessing us. You're faithful even when we're faithless. You're more than enough. You're so good, Lord. You're so good. You're just so good. There's just no shadow of turning in you. You're so good. Thank you for being good to me. I bless you, Lord. Amen. 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 Well, this is a good word this morning. This is a good word. I mean, it's, it's hot off the press. And I'm telling you, Wednesday, I just stumbled into it. I was actually teaching something else and kind of fell into that. And the light came on. I saw it. It's like, ah! I saw it. And you know, I've read James. Have you read James a thousand times? Ten thousand times? But it was there all along. It's the engrafted word. It's the word that you intend to read, to hear, to do. That, yeah, the rhema that just goes off. It's like walking around in a dark room and someone turns on the switch and it's like, whoa, this is better. It's better. It's better. I bless you now this morning. I thank you for revelation for the one thing thou lackest. That's a rhema word to you right now. Just don't walk out and say whatever they need, but I don't. No, you do. You do. And it may be that you just need the one thing you lackest is just to see that you lackest. Lord, we receive this morning revelation. It turns on the light and we'll see and we'll know. Lord, the spirit of seeing and knowing on us today in Jesus' name. And I bless Cheryl. Lord, I thank you right now for raising her up. Lord, beyond, beyond her natural dream. Lord, it's more. It's exceeding abundantly above what she could even... Lord, it's not his ministry. It's not. She's got something that's unique and specific. God, you've given it. It's a seed that's just ready to bust out. And Lord, I speak fruitfulness to it. I speak. I expedite it now. I call an expediting into this thing God's given you, sister. It is powerful. It is needful. You've got a deep root inside of you in the Lord Jesus. Your past is sacred and it's precious and it's powerful. And now there's fruit coming onto these limbs and these branches. Fruit that will feed and feed the nations. Feed the nations. Who? Thank you, Lord. Feed the nations. And I speak an increase of the anointing, the graces of God into your life. And I break every hindrance, every wall, every encumbrance, every trouble, and every perceived trouble in your soul. In Jesus' name, I smite it now with the Word of God, and I tell it to be as it is, not as it seems. It'll be free, freeing and liberating to you. In Jesus' name, and I call your children blessed. I call your children blessed. Trouble has come and trouble is planned for your children. 
but it will be a weapon that cannot prosper. I dismember it now, and I cast it aside with you, and Joe, I break its power. You will be free, and you will be full in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to lay hands on you, Miss Mildred, in Jesus' name. I speak strength into your members, strength, strength to go the distance, strength to be strong in your soul and in your words. You're strong, and you're still here because God wants you to strengthen someone. You don't, you're not weak and need things. You are strong and give things, and you have a life to give and an impartation to loose. And I speak opportunity into you, Lord, that wherever you go, people will come up to you and say, what do you think, Miss Mildred? And you will tell them what God wants them to hear. I speak a boldness into your life in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Total healing in your body. Total healing. This is the end of that. All of it got. It, the, the doctor, the procedure, whatever, it got it all. So we're not even thinking about other things, whatever that was. It's done. In Jesus' name, amen. You're blessed to be a blessing, my sister. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Well, amen. I'm recommending everybody go to lunch after this service.